Welcome in everyone to Let's Talk Utes. Today we are previewing Utah's opening game of the season versus the Florida Gators on August 31st. So let's jump right into it. Uh, first off, what we'll do is recap the previous game that was played last year down in the swamp. Obviously, a little disappointing. Utah didn't come out with the W there. Lost by three points on the road. Um, started the season off with a loss. A little disappointing. What are your guys' thoughts? What's yeah, I mean, as you can see, the total yards are very similar from those stats. It was a close game. A lot of it just came down to tackling in big plays. Utah wasn't able to tackle and get people on the ground like they usually are able to. And Florida really exploited that for a lot of big breakout plays. Utah looked like they struggled big time in the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, they were consistent throughout the throughout the whole game, seven, six, six, and seven. But Florida kind of just um, played really strong and closed out the game where Utah couldn't. Um, I think probably the biggest takeaway for me was just not being able to compete on the goal line. Utah gets stopped get once, and then also obviously again an interception to close the game out from Cam. Um, it kind of just hurt us truthfully, throughout the whole season. Yeah, the thing that stands out to me the most is the rushing yards for yeah. Florida, which is over 280. That is one of the biggest totals that's been put on Utah in recent memory. And obviously, Anthony Richardson contributed to that. He had three touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing, and really was physically dominant in that yeah, game. He, he looked was. like Superman out there on the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of his plays were freaks of nature. That, that long run where he had this looked like he was jogging down the down mm -hmm. the field, but was probably fast player on the field by a large margin. And then that pump fake he had. Who would have thought you can pump fake a freaking football and it can work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, another thing I want to touch on is I think a lot of Utah fans thought we'd be able to stop their offensive line with the run. Or well, there, we thought we'd be able to get penetration and stop them from being able to run on us. We really were not able to. They ran on us pretty much anytime they wanted. They were getting about 7.3 yards per run average, which means you're kind of getting blown off the ball. Definitely. Utah's lack of athleticism really shined in this yeah. game. Yeah, I think that as every Utah fan saw, the defensive line was a big question mark last year mm -hmm. until maybe week eight or nine, probably. Yeah, it took them a while to get one. It took up. them a while. Um, they really didn't have that many great performances. The run game was not stout, which is mm -hmm. very different from a Utah team. And I'm expecting a much different team to come out and try to get this Agreed. Yeah, two completely agreed. Okay, let's move on to the next slide. So for this slide, we are going to compare different position groups between Florida and Utah. Compare and contrast the styles, the strengths, the weaknesses of each team, and hopefully, you know, learn a little bit about yeah. where this game this year will go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so starting out with the QB position, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty around who's going to be playing for Utah Week 1. Obviously, QB1 is Cam Rising, but he's been dealing with an ACL injury from last season. It seems like he won't be ready. He's been in question for a while, but it seems like it's getting to the point where you might as well rule him out. It's how I feel about it. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah. The person who was the frontrunner for the job, Brandon Rose, ended up sustaining an injury in practice, actually. So that takes us to either Bryson Barnes or Nate Johnson, starting for Utah. 
So it probably sounds like it's going to be Bryson. And you need to compare that to Florida's QB transfer, Graham Mertz, starting for them. So what are your guys' thoughts on that comparison? My thought is that I agree with you about rising. I think the coaches have been pretty adamant that he's on schedule, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but coming back eight months removed from an ACL repair surgery, that seems pretty aggressive to me. Mm-hmm. I would be pretty surprised if he played. And obviously, if he played, Utah would get this QB yeah, position. Group I agree with you. Pretty easily. But we're going to go off the assumption that he's not playing and that it's going to be Bryson Barnes. And so for me, Graham Mertz is better than Bryson Barnes. He has more big game experience. He played it met multiple years with Wisconsin in the Big Ten. And while he might not have had the best stats against top 25 competition. He may have even had the worst. Yeah, he may have even had the worst. Um, <laughs> he's been there. He's done it. And there's just no way you can take an unproven player yeah. over someone who's done it, albeit not spectacular. Yeah. You know, last year it was probably the biggest question mark. Who's going to win the quarterback battle? Cam Rising, Anthony Richardson. Graham Mertz is not your Anthony Richardson. He's not, not going to be your dynamic runner. He's not your physical freak. But the dude is a proven pocket passer, and he's played Big Ten defenses that, as we know, are some of the toughest in the country. And so, he is, he, for me, he does get that quarterback. Florida does get the quarterback position, and uh, it kind of is one-sided for me right now, especially Bryson Barnes is our starting quarterback week one. Yeah, agreed. Okay, let's move on to the running back position. So running back is an interesting one to me. Utah has specifically one running back to Quindon Jackson. He's a little bit unproven, but he really was breaking out towards the end of last year. You need to compare him along with a proven back like Makai Bernard to Florida's premier back of Trevor Etienne, who actually, at for a freshman, was the best yards per carry in the entire country. Yeah. So what are your guys' thoughts on that comparison? Yeah, I think that the two-headed monster of Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne is really potent for Florida. Yeah, I think that Utah maybe has a little bit better depth in the running mm-hmm. back room, but no one that you could say is on the level of those two at this current moment, I think, mm-hmm. is fair. Utah has four guys that has played games in big moments and has produced in Quinton Jackson, Makai Bernard, Jalen Glover, and Chris Curry. Chris Curry is coming off an ACL injury. Um, which seems like a lot of Utah players are. Um, so that he's he is probably the biggest question mark for that running back room. With that being said, I got to give it to Florida. Trevor Etienne um, looks just like his brother out there. He mm-hmm. looks fast as all, all hell, and he is strong. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough game for Utah if he gets going. Yeah, I mean, I do like Utah's running back room, but I favor Florida in this stat as well because even last year, they had the seventh most average yards per carry for their running backs and were the 11th best explosive rush offense. So I'm really liking that for Florida. Not saying Utah's bad, but I think Florida edges Utah out a little right here. Well, Utah yeah. has one of the stronger rooms in the country. It just kind of proves that Florida is that good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's move on to the pass catchers, which this category includes both wide receivers and tight ends. Mm-hmm. Whoever is going to be catching a pass for Utah and Florida. The big, there's question marks on both sides here. I think that's really fair to say. Yeah. Um, the Florida receiver room lost three of their top five, Xavier Henderson, Dejon Reynolds, and Justin Shorter. Obviously they still have Ricky Pearsall, who's really a great mm-hmm. receiver. 
Um, but there are some unknowns. They do have three top 100 freshmen coming in that are, accordingly uh, to all sources, blazing fast. But they're true freshmen. We don't really know how they're going to, I guess, translate right away. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be great players, mm-hmm. but is, is it right away? It's not right away for everybody. And so compare that to Utah's room, where they have a little bit more certainty, but also some uncertainty, where Grant Keithy, ACL tear last year, um, we got a transfer in Micah Pittman. We have Devon Vele returning, Money Parks. It's a little more solid to me, a little more mm-hmm. proven. Yeah, not much to add. I would like to bring up uh, Thomas Yasmin as well. He's kind of mm-hmm. kind of broke out at the end of the year um, against um, US, USC this um, first game and then Colorado and the USC championship game. Obviously, you see some electric plays from him. He's pretty hit or miss, but he is um, on the – uh, tight end award watch list to start the mm-hmm. year um, with Brent Keithy. And so I think Thomas Yasmin does um, need to be talked about, but I, I agree with you. I think Utah's has a little bit more proven, proven talent and I, I would go for them. Yes. Yeah, I like, I like Utah here for pass catchers, mostly because of Brant Keithy. He's one of my favorite players of all time. And I think he's just an absolute offensive weapon. I think that well, Florida does have some good prospects, Utah has the established players, like you guys have been saying. And this can definitely change later on in the year. Like those, if those true freshmen come in and they're as electric as advertised or as quick as advertised, Florida could definitely overtake this. But just the start of week one, I think we got to give it to Utah here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those players are electric. And it wouldn't surprise me if one or all of them had good games this first game of yeah, the season. Agreed. But you can't really predict anything until you've seen them on the field. And they just... I haven't seen enough exactly. to make me move to the Gator side mm-hmm. where I'm going slightly into Utah. Yeah, so moving on to this next position group, the offensive line, the trenches. I like what Utah has going on here. They're returning a lot of starters, and they're going to have one of the best offensive lines in the country. Florida, on the other hand, lost four starters and their best offensive lineman, Osiris Torrance, who was kind of anchoring that position for them. So for me, here with O-line, I like Utah. They're one of the best run-push offenses in the entire country. And so I like Utah's proven squad a little more than an unproven squad from Florida. Yeah, I think even last year when Florida had a really good offensive line, Utah still graded out higher. We lost less. I think it's a pretty clear advantage for Utah as far as O-line goes compared to Florida. Um, like Landon said, one lone returning starter. They did get three power five transfers mm-hmm. and they upgraded their size a little. So while the transfers they got may not be proven at the highest level, they have better size than their predecessors and they look a little bit more like an SEC offensive line. But yeah, still, I think this is a clear advantage to Utah. Still, mm-hmm. I agree. Utah's offensive line is probably their strongest position this year. Um, probably two to three NFL type guys um, this year and probably two or three NFL top guys in years yeah. to come. And so it looks like uh, that can be something that Utah could exploit and really try to to overpower Florida in the trenches there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think this Florida unit has a lot of potential because mm-hmm. there's a lot of raw talent there, but they've never played a game together. They really haven't gotten a ton of reps together yet, and they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback at the exact same mm-hmm. time. So to expect it to come together right away and for them to be able to outperform Utah's line is a little 
unrealistic, I mm-hmm. would say. So definitely lead to Utah. State. I think that's I think that's kind of like the uh, the story of Florida right now. They have a lot of talent, a lot mm-hmm. of potential, but can it mesh? Yeah, because it is Billy Napier's first recruiting cycle as head coach of the team, and he pulled in a lot of talent, but all unproven. They still need to mesh, but I think they're going to be good going forward. Yeah, yeah. The look four- out for them in a few years. Yeah, yeah the fourteenth uh, rated recruiting class. It being low, less players, so that hinders him. Um, but the average was top five yeah. if you're looking at averages. Yeah. So we'll look like Tanner said, look out for Florida. They're going to be dangerous. We're mm-hmm. lucky we caught them at this this cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time to catch them, especially <laughs> if your QB has an ACL. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the defensive backs. This one, I think, is also pretty clear. Um, Florida's defense lost, you know, quite a few defensive backs, whether that was Rashad Torrance or otherwise. Utah brings back everybody except for Clark Phillips, and they added mm-hmm. a transfer in Miles Battle from Old Miss and a couple of blue chip, blue chip prospects in the recruiting class. So I'm feeling pretty good about Utah's defensive backs. Yeah, I want to just echo that same point as you. I like where Utah's at with defensive backs. We have some great safeties in Cole Bishop, Sione Vaki's a breakout. We have good corners with Miles Battle, Zamaya Vaughn, I really like the trajectory that this Utah defensive backs are on because it seems like we didn't lose a ton last year. We did lose Clark, our number one corner, but I do think that we can replace his production. And I think that this unit having a full season and off season to practice together to keep grinding, I think they're going to be really strong this year. Um, To talk a little bit more about Florida, they did get up uh, a transfer from Michigan and RJ Moten to come yeah. play in the secondary to fill out some of those those two uh, spots that from Trey Dean and Rashard Torrance. Um, but to Utah, I mean, I'm really big on their de- defensive backs. Sione Vaki and Cole Bishop have really done well in f- the fall camp, according to Kyle Winningham. He, they say they're one, one or two in the country here, which I am excited to see. I really, really like Zamaya Vaughn. He's one of the fastest defensive backs in the country, and he's six foot two. Miles Battle, six foot four, very quickly. He showed he showed out in the um, in the spring game as well with a pick there. So I think I I give it to Utah as well. I think mm-hmm. Utah. It's going to be a hard fought battle just because Florida is very athletic, but I think Utah does. Does that yeah, in there? I agree with you there. Yeah, I think that if Florida had to have a weakness, uh, that wouldn't be that bad. Playing against Utah is probably DBs. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be facing that prolific of a passing attack from Utah. Mm-hmm. And so I think their DBs will more than hold up. I think they'll probably do just fine yeah. in the Utah game. Okay, let's talk about the front seven, which includes a defensive line and linebackers. Utah has one of the strongest linebacker rooms in the country with uh, a true freshman um, uh, All-American list, Lander Barton. They have Lavani Dumuni, Stanford transfer, mm-hmm. Kareni Reed, Long-time starter and really um, effective player. And they have gotten better on the defensive line. They've increased both their depth depth and their top end. So what do you guys think about this matchup? So about this matchup, Utah has a a lot of talent in that linebacker room as well as a good defensive line. I'm really liking people like Samote Peppa in the middle alongside Junior Tafuna. Van Fillinger has made some good plays in his career on the edge and another thing for florida is 
In practice, one of their best pass rushers, Justice Boone, actually went down with a torn ACL. That's going to stretch the depth of their defensive unit a little bit and put some strain on them to find people who are going to be able to replace that production. Again, we got to talk about Florida's size here and their athleticism. That's the big staple here, especially going against SEC teams. Um, but to to talk more about Utah, again, you know, Van Fillinger, he looked like he slimmed down a little bit in some pictures I've yeah. seen, which could really help him. He looked very slow last year. And if he's going to play on the edge, I think he needs to he needed to lose some weight and really work on his, his footwork, which I, I hope with those pictures coming out that I saw, look, seeming he lost some weight will help him there. Um, another person I really want to put a spotlight, spotlight on is Connor O'Toole. Yeah. He looked incredible later on the season. He kind of took over Van Fillinger after Van Fillinger came, in, came down with an injury. Um, and Connor O'Toole shined in that spot. He he was very quick, very athletic. He gave Caleb Williams some fits in their yeah. games, especially in the Pac-12 title game. Um, so look out for him. And I, I think I give the edge here to Utah. I think their linebacker mm-hmm. room shines and is very, very, very strong. The depth is 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 continue, continually improving. And then, as we talked about, those defensive ends yeah. are fast and, and good. I also lean a slight lean to Utah here. I do think this one is really, really close. I think Florida has yeah. a ton of athletes in their front seven. They have a ton of size, and they have a ton of potential. Again, Billy Napier has really flipped this roster around. He's gotten in a lot of transfers. You know, he's recruited. It's impossible to know how it all comes together right away. I think the defense should be better than it was last year for mm-hmm. Florida, which isn't saying much because Florida's defense last year was terrible. Yeah. But I do think that they probably have the makings of, you know, an average or maybe slightly above average unit this year. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that Florida has a really good front seven. I think that that is going to be one of the battlegrounds for this I game. I agree. Mm-hmm. Defense, uh, Florida's defensive ranked through all 69 power five uh, teams was 40th out of 69. Um, so they weren't your top end teams. And we think Utah's defenses is going to be, become better than they were last year, which they really kind of came into their own later on in the season. And so I think that's kind of the big reason why that those that front seven and the DBs kind of took over mm-hmm. for us, even though it is, it is very close. Okay. That is our position group comparison. Let's move on to the next slide. Keys to the game. So it's really important here because we have three keys for Utah. Number one, it's win the turnover battle. And I think Mm -hmm. that is huge, especially if Bryson Barnes is our starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, just going back to the game last year, we lost because of that turnover at the end of the game. Turnovers matter a lot, especially in what I think is going to be a hard-fought game like this one. So playing clean, which is reducing fumbles, don't muff punts, don't have punts blocked, no interceptions. I think winning the turnover battle for Utah, like you said, especially with someone who's not your QB1, that's going to be a really big deal for them. Yeah, I think that's the key point. With Bryson Barnes at QB, you know you're not going to get the same offensive output that you would have with Cam Rising. If you lose the turnover battle and you're not getting the same offensive output, it's just tough to see a path to victory for Utah Obviously, like Landon mentioned, the interception at the end of the game sticks out. But another one is the turnover on downs on the goal line. Yep, We weren't able to punch that in, and that would have put us up multiple scores, which could have completely changed the game. It would have completely changed the game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, turnover battle is key. 
Utah needs to play clean, and then they need to be ball hawks and try to force Florida yes. turnovers. Mm-hmm. And then the next point we have here is dominating the offensive line. We talked about Utah, that their offensive line is probably their strongest position this mm-hmm. year, and they got to show it here. Yeah. Florida is big and strong on the defensive end, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to their, their front set, their front seven like we talked about. So if Utah can really shine there and show that they are the premier team out here in the offensive line front, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. going to be the big one of our bigger keys as well. Yeah, Utah's offensive line has all the talent, all the returning talent that you could ever dream of. We need to show it this game. We need to push Florida's defensive line around, to be completely honest. Getting that run push is going to be critical, as well as keeping the pocket clear for Bryson Barnes. Yeah. Simply put, if Utah can't run, they can't win. There's no way we're going to win on the on the arm of Bryson Barnes. You know, he's not going to be able to put in a performance yeah. 300 yards and three TDs. That's just not on the table exactly. in this matchup. Utah has to be able to run, and they have to be able to run effectively. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to the next one, which is limit big plays. As we saw a lot last year, Utah was susceptible to big plays, especially in big spots. If you think back to the games versus USC, how many times did receivers get behind the safeties? Uh, there's so many so third many. and 18s where someone slips behind our last man, 70-yard completion. You yeah. shot in the Rose Bowl. You yeah, just think about Oregon. That. Some of the longest Rose Bowl plays of all time happened versus the Utes in the Rose Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. We weren't assignment sound. We weren't picking up on the correct routes, and we just need to be better at that. Utah cannot allow big plays to kill them, especially in a game that we think is going to be as defensive-minded as hard fought as this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look back at last year's Florida game. There were so many third downs, third and 10, third and 12, third and 15. We make mistakes and we allow a big play. That like 70-yard Anthony Richardson rush touchdown, that is a very bad big play that Utah's defense allowed there. If you can crack down, maybe play a little bit more conservatively on defense, I know that's not really Utah's style, but just tighten up those gaps and those chinks that players are able to find and get these 50, 60, 70 yard plays. Utah really needs to reduce those. I think it all falls down on in the front seven. If the front seven can dominate the game that we like, we think they could, um, it'll allow the, the defensive backs to play that ball hawk role. Mm-hmm. If, we're going to allow Trevor Etienne to break past the linebackers, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And so those linebackers need to step up and need to be as um, a force that we, like we said, that we think they can be. Exactly. Okay, let's move on to the Florida keys for the game. So, so the first key here for Florida is going to be forcing Utah to pass the ball. Utah has a good offensive line and should have a strong run attack this year. Putting the pressure to win a big game like this on Utah's QB2, Bryson Barnes likely, that's a big ask for him to come out and get a win against an athletic, fast, strong Florida team. And I think that that's going to be a huge thing for Florida to win this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, If they can make Utah's offense one-dimensional, then Utah is going to have a really, really tough time scoring I think this also takes into account, like, if you, Florida can uh, get a lead on Utah early, it makes Utah have to play a little bit more um, with on the ball in the air, and that does hurt them. Yeah, and I mean, passing is risky with a backup quarterback. I wouldn't trust Bryson to pass 40 times a game. Yeah. I think we would lose. And so if Florida's able to stop the run where it's like, okay, we're just not getting anything done on the ground, 
and force us to start passing, that's going to put Utah in a tricky position. Okay. I think that's where depth comes in on those those big those big guys in the trenches. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see how that works out. The next key to the game for Florida would be establishing the run. Mm-hmm. Florida, I think it's no secret they're going to look to run the ball early and often. Yeah. They have one of the best um, two-headed backfields uh, as far as Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne goes. So they're going to look to utilize those guys really effectively. So mm-hmm. if Utah, if uh, Florida can get the run game going, control the clock, and really wear down Utah's defense, mm-hmm. I think that very much increases their chance to win. Yeah, and I think Trevor Etienne especially is just going to be better than last year. He was a freshman last year. He's had a year of development, a year of practice, a year of training with the team. I think he's going to come back really strong for Florida. So if they're able to get near that seven yards average run like they had last game, that's going to be really hard for Utah to beat them. And again, Utah, they they gave up 280 yards um, to mm-hmm. Florida on the, on the ground last year. A lot of that did have to do with Anthony Richardson as quarterback, his ability to escape and run the ball. So that may take a small hit with Graham Mertz as the starting quarterback mm-hmm. this year. But again, talking about their, their two-headed monster, if they can get those two guys rolling, it's going to be a long day for you. Yeah. yeah. The last uh, key to the game is protecting the QB. Obviously, you can just take a look at Graham Mertz and you realize he's not Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson. Exactly. He's not really very mobile. He can scramble a tiny bit, but it's not his strong suit. So if Florida wants to keep him clean and able to get their pass game going off and really their offense running, they need to be able to protect him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the Utah D-line is getting penetration each pass play, I don't think Graham Mertz is someone who can even sit in the pocket and deliver really solid passes or scramble. So that could force Florida to only run the ball, which then Utah is able to stack the box against. So protecting the QB is going to be critical to keep their offense offense from becoming one-dimensional. Yeah, Graham Mertz, he struggled against uh, the Big Ten last the last three years of his career. And if I have to say, I think Utah is probably the closest defense to a Big Ten defense in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 play physical, they're strong, they're athletic. And so if Utah can force Graham Mertz to make some mistakes, it'll be a good, mm-hmm. a good thing for Utah. So Florida needs to make sure that he doesn't get bullied all night. Yeah, mm-hmm. protecting the QB will allow Florida to play clean, and try to win the turnover battle, which obviously we've said is one of the keys to Utah's game. Graham Mertz, if he's being pressured, if he's being constantly hounded, he's going to make some bad mistakes. He's going to throw some interceptions. And so if Florida can prevent that, that's what they want. Mm -hmm. And something that we didn't bring up that I think is important is Florida coming into Utah. Utah is one of the tougher places to play in the whole country. Um, The elevation will definitely be something that is be hard for them to to work out with and to um get going so i think if florida can minimize the home field advantage that utah will have from the very beginning of the game from the first snap that can definitely help them Mm -hmm. well we've gone over a position group comparison. We've gone over the keys to the game. Now let's get to our predictions for this game, 2023, Utah versus Florida. Okay, I'm up first. For me, I'm predicting a very close Utah win, 24 to 17. I think that Utah's defense is good enough to limit Graham Mertz and the Gators' mm-hmm. offense. 
I think the home field advantage plays a huge key in this. How many times has Florida come this far out west? It's Not been often. a very long time. And so I am thinking that Utah's offense can do just enough to score enough points. Um, Utah's defense can get stops and get turnovers, and that Utah wins a close physical game. I'm up here next. I think Utah does pull out the win as well. And what did I put down? I, I honestly, my brain went, yeah, 27 to 13. My brain kind of had a little brain fart there. I kind of have the similar points to Tammy here. I think um, Utah, they're not going to be able to put up 40 points, 30, 30 plus points against Florida here, especially if Bryson Barnes, like we've talked about all day, is the starting quarterback. But I think the Utah's defense is really going to be stifling and really hard for Florida to deal with, especially with our front seven. I think they're going to be able to handle, handle Trevor Etienne and, uh, excuse me, sorry, Montreal Johnson. And so I think they hold them to 13 points, and Utah wins 27-13 to 13 in a pretty hard-fought win. Yeah, so I agree with you. I also think Utah's going to win. I have a score of 31-17 for Utah. So all pretty similar scores across the board. We should win this game. I mean, if you look at it, Oregon State beat them 30-3 to in the bowl game, and we beat Oregon State even. I know Florida did have some injuries. Their team, their roster wasn't exactly the same as the Florida team Utah played. But still, Utah should be able to take care of this one at home. I'm putting it as close as it is because Utah has that question mark at the quarterback position and question mark if Brent Keithy is going to play. But I do think home field advantage Utah hasn't lost at home in a very long time. I think Utah comes out with the W here. Yeah, I think that Utah will get their revenge for last year. I think they're going to come out the more motivated team, the team that is maybe more comfortable in the environment and that is more comfortable with each other, as Florida is, as we know, kind of putting together a lot of new pieces. So, yeah, I think Utah picks across the board. Something to notice here on the left of this slide, we have quick little overall rankings. We have Tanner 0-0, Ethan 0-0, Landon 0-0. Look out for other previews this year for Utah. We're going to go through every single every single uh, game this year. We're going to keep um, kind of tally our overall record and kind of mm-hmm. see how it'll be fun throughout the whole season. So watch out for that. Watch out for the next video after this Florida after the Florida game on the thirty first. Um, we'll come out with a Baylor preview and so on and so forth. Thank you all for watching. Let's talk Utes. We will be back soon with more episodes. Um, coming along with the Baylor preview, the Florida recap, and keep a look on our channel for all of our other different pages and videos that we will be uploading. Please like, comment, and subscribe. We read every single comment that you guys put down there, and we love to hear your opinion and respond to it. Go Utes!